The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today's episode of Disability Matters has been previously recorded. Please enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. You're going to love this show today. A few comments that I want to make. Um, I don't know if you knew about the AAPD gala, but let me just tell you, it was fabulous. And it was in downtown D.C. I'm mentioning it because make sure you go next year, go to aapd.com. Next year is the 25th anniversary of the ADA. So you need to be there. It's the Academy Awards of the disability community. And, hey, my special friend Yoshiko Dart, hello to you, Yoshiko. We love you. We love you, and I hope you're saying hi back to me, and I just know you are. So, hey, let's get rolling here today. I'm always excited to have someone I believe is a champion fighting for people like me, people living with epilepsy. Now, today, oh, my gosh, we have a superhero coming to the rescue of all young people living with epilepsy, those young people who are bullied brutally every day. Now, how shall I say this? The Clark Kent name is John McLaren, but the real name is Tote Man. Hey, welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much for having me here. Oh, I'm just thrilled to have you. Now, John... I know you are the author and creator of the superhero, Tote Man. Tote Man, you are not alone, Epilepsy Awareness comic book. So I thought I would start with you talking about when and how you were first diagnosed with epilepsy. Actually, I was first diagnosed, truly, when I was uh, 14 years old. I was delivering newspapers with my mother. And I came back from a collection and told her I didn't feel well and apparently fell out. The, the hardest part, of, of course, you know with epilepsy is, I mean, memory loss is a problem. So I can only tell you what was told to me by my mother that that happened. We went to the doctor, did a bunch of tests, you know, and wanted to see what was going on. And apparently I had my first grand mal seizure. But looking back, my mother goes, well, that explains a lot of the times where we thought you were ignoring us or such because you were having petite malls. So we, and my mother is actually a registered nurse and didn't see it. It was kind of odd for us. Well, you know, there are so many different types of seizures. Everyone thinks even the tonic-clonic or grandma seizure that it's the same with everyone, and it isn't. Just as the petite mall or opsant seizure is not, there are just so many types of seizures. So, you know, in a way, I understand what happened. But uh, so what did you think when they told you you had epilepsy? Well, I was kind of scared at the time, didn't know what was going on. No one in the neighborhood, no one in my family had ever had a seizure. No one ever was diagnosed with epilepsy either. So it was kind of weird at first. And school didn't, wasn't told except the nurse what was going on. And when I had one in high school, nurse had no idea what to do. Um, I, I, as I said, fell out, which I don't like, but they, they said I fell out in the middle of computer class and rushed me to the hospital. The nurse at school had no clue what to do. So it was very scary for me during that time. Isn't that amazing? The nurse has no idea what to do. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, so here you are, a young man living with epilepsy, 
You mentioned you were afraid. Were these ongoing seizures? Did you have them frequently? What was it like? I had them probably every few months, um, the the grand malls. I also had, like I said, we also realized I was having a lot of petite malls as well. Boy Scouts was difficult. I mean, I was in Boy Scouts. I did manage to get the Eagle Scout and all that stuff, but it was very difficult for some of the camping trips. Thankfully, my neighbor, who was like family, went with most of those, so he knew what to do after we were after we advised him. But there was a lot of things, and there was a lot of people in school after I had one there that ridiculed and didn't understand it and made fun of me, and it was hard going back to school. Then I became bullied for that reason going forward in high school. It was very difficult. Now, when you have a seizure, you fall to the ground and have a convulsion. Is that what happens with you? That was, yeah, my grandma's, those are what usually happen. I uh, I know my trigger, not my trigger, but my aura is I hear things in threes, and then my head turns to the left, and by that time, I can't stop it. And I that's what I know. But even at the point of the threes, I can't tell anyone. It's already, I'm, I'm locked and I'm gone. Yes. How I know what you mean. <clears throat> my aura which a lot of people don't understand this, but the aura is actually a seizure. And my aura is I get this very sick feeling in my stomach. Mm. And, and, and Yeah, and then and it's a weird feeling. It's not like nausea. It's a weird feeling. And then once I get this weird feeling in my head, it's all over, just as you said. No stopping it. You know, now I, I don't have them very often, but... I had one, you know, this year, past year, when my mother passed away. So, um, I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, you know, I'm living with epilepsy, but I'm not ashamed that I'm living with epilepsy. That is just the way it is. Um, so, So you were able to deal with this, but as you mentioned, when you went to school, you too were bullied. Yeah, you know, I missed could you, quite a bit could of school. You, pardon me? I missed quite a bit of school in, in the later years because not wanting to go if I didn't feel right. Yeah. Well, how about if you uh, explain that because there are many young people that listen to this show, and I think it's important for them to know they are not alone. So would you mind talking about that, like what you went through, what you dealt with? Not at all. That's That's, that's part of the reason of the book. That's why it's called what it is, yes. Um, it, I was not as outspoken as I am now with this, this condition, but those who were in that class, those who spread the what happened to me in class, they did pick and they were, what happened, are you, are you diseased? Is there something wrong with you? What's going on? Why did that happen? Because like I said, no one in our neighborhood, no one in our area had this or saw this. And it was it was really rough just every day. How can we make him do it? Is it stress? Like when you say, well, you know, it's kind of, if I get stressed out on something, this can happen. And they would try. They would just push you or whatever. And the bigger kids would, would like, trip you or make fun of you. Because, of course, you know, we lose um, control of certain features. And, you know, baby doesn't know how to control his himself, so he peed himself or whatever. It, it's hard. It was difficult. Oh, yes, I know. For a young person in school, for example, seventh grade, there you are. You have a seizure and you lose bodily control, and, of course, people know this. I mean, that is really hard to deal with unless you have some unbelievable friends or people around you, but it is hard to deal with. Absolutely. So you didn't want to go to school? Correct. I did not want to deal with that day in and day out. And especially if I felt weird or if I thought, like you said about your stomach, I, sometimes I get really, really dizzy. And if I lay down for a good 15, 20 minutes, it passes sometimes. But sometimes it doesn't. And those are the days I'm like, I don't want to go there and have another one in front of these people. And I don't need the embarrassment again. Like you said, it was, you know, it's high school. It's, it's getting there and... It, it was difficult. I, I just didn't want to go and be and deal with it. Now, let me ask you this question: What about the teachers? Did they help you? No. The 
the the <clears throat> excuse me the computer teacher who I actually had one in the in the room just totally freaked out. Did not know other than to call the nurse, and again, the nurse had no idea what to do either. So ambulances were called. I was wrapped up in chairs and whatnot because no one cleared the way, no one did anything. So it it they the teachers kind of looked and the teachers found out, and I stopped having gym after that because they didn't want me even near physical activity in case. So it it, it was really rough. Can you believe that? Oh, you know, that has happened to other people that were very seriously hurt, where they right. just left them, didn't move things out of the way. And, you know, you just have to wonder, why the heck would they not know what to do? Exactly. It, it, common sense is just, if something's in the way, move it. it. It's not difficult. But if you're afraid of what I'm doing or catching or whatever, yeah, you're not going to go near the person, which is a problem. Yeah, and then to tell you you were not allowed in physical education or gym Correct. was also wrong. So here's what they're doing, singling you out as yep. different, which makes it just worse. Correct. Now, you know, did you have um, friends? I mean, what did you do? Did you have friends to help you? How did you deal with this? What was it that finally helped you? Well, unfortunately, no. Through high school... Most of the kids in my neighborhood that we were, because we were we were busted in school. Most of the kids in my neighborhood were a year younger and actually my sister's age that I hung out with, so they weren't in the classes. I did not have a good time with friends and whatnot in school because nobody wanted to get near it. I sat alone at lunch. I I did what I had to do and I I, I got great grades. I, I I have a way of of remembering my work. But it, it was difficult. I could not go to my locker through the entire high school year because I couldn't remember my, my, my combination lock. And then I would freak out in front of my locker. So I carried all my books. No one could help me. So not until after high school when I became 18 and in the job world did I actually come out of my shell about that stuff. Wow. You know, that is breaks my heart, the part you told me about the lunch situation. I mean, exclusion is absolutely a form of bullying. It is. It is. But I survived. We, we, we got on with it, and now I'm trying to help more people that don't have to go through that again. Yeah. Well, that's what the best part is, everything you're doing to try to help people. That's what we're going to be talking about in a little bit. And for all of you young people listening to the show, get ready. Get ready, because as we move on, you're going to see that there is a way to turn this around. You are listening to Joyce Bender on Voice America. Don't go away. We'll be right back with John. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com From the vehicles we drive to life-saving medical devices, high-performance materials from Bayer Material Science contribute to the creation of products that positively affect our lives every day. Bayer has long believed in the competitive talent that people with disabilities contribute to the workplace, to our workplace. Such a diverse workforce is essential to helping us fulfill our mission. Bayer, science for a better life. For more information, please visit materialscience.bayer.com. At Highmark, we believe in the power of difference, of making a difference, of embracing difference, of bringing differences together to create a stronger, more vibrant workforce. It's at the heart of who we are, and it earned us recognition as one of the top 50 employers by Careers and the Disabled magazine. We promise to continue celebrating diverse individuals because inclusion benefits all of us and makes our company and our communities a better place. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. 
One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Joyce Bender on Disability Matters, and I have with me John McLaren, a real champion for people living with epilepsy, especially young people living with epilepsy. And, John, as a woman living with epilepsy, I have to thank you for not only being on the show, but for taking time to reach out to young people. You know, I have had on this show senators, NFL stars, people from the Obama administration, uh, President Bush's sister, and you know what? I always have people on this show that are fighting the fight for people living with epilepsy because that's personal. So thank you so much what you're doing. That's really, really wonderful. Now, John, as you might guess, people living with epilepsy have a very difficult time in some companies with employment. How about you? How did employers react to your living with epilepsy? Well, as I I said, at 18, I became very outspoken about all of this. So I told every single one of my employers. Some acted like they were fine with it and some actually were. The last two jobs I've had, very well, they, they, they take it, they understand. I have the opportunity to work from home if I need to, if I don't feel right or whatever. Very nice, both less companies. I did have one company, however, that <clears throat> I had two seizures in Jamaica on a honeymoon. And when I came back, they told me they no longer had a space for me there. Now, not when I came back from Jamaica, but when I came back from taking the, the, the week off to recover from my seizures and being stuck in Jamaica because I actually had one on the plane. All right. What reason did they give? They gave that it was a driving thing because I did lose my license, but I had also worked in their warehouse and I had built machines for them from the warehouse. And I offered to them, I said, I can get a ride. I can bust myself to your warehouse and build these just for the next couple of months so I can get on my feet. And they said, no, we do not want you back. We no longer have a place for you. Now, mind you, I was also the top technician at the company for several months in a row, got awards, got praised, but I had one in 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 the job and then the two in Jamaica, and that was it for them. Shame on them. Apparently, they're not familiar with the Americans with Disabilities Act. That is a violation of the ADA. They violated the ADA. And, you know, if you're listening to the show right now and you have anything like this happen to you, please get in touch with the National Epilepsy at EFA.org. Please, because we can help you. People can help you. And I guess all of this together, all of these things that happened to you, came up with you deciding to do Tote Man. So let's start here. What in the world made you decide, I have to do this? And then tell our listeners exactly what is Tote Man, how you came up with this idea, what made you decide, oh, I need to do this, I need to do something. Uh, We have time. I know our listeners would be very interested in this part. So let's start from the beginning. What made you decide, I need to do something? 
Honestly, it was my son. My, I, I have, my oldest son, who is now 19, at two years old, saw me have a seizure. I was doing something with him, and I, as he put it, daddy fall down. So I, just, I didn't know how to explain this to a child. It, yes, I fell down, but there's more to it. And as he grew, I'm like, how do I honestly tell him what happened without scaring him? And what I did was I sat down and wrote, because I had a comic book character that I had designed actually for him. And I'm like, what can I do with this? I wrote down this, and actually the whole comic book explains most of my life. Being bullied, made fun of, the Jamaica trip. There, there's all this in there, and the fact that, and of course both my kids are in there, but I didn't know how to explain it to my two-year-old. That is the truth of how this all happened. Then... I took the story, and I was in college. I went to college late, and I was talking to these people. I gave a copy to a, a girl in the class, and I didn't realize why, but her mom was in the class with us. So I gave it to her. Her mom came to me and told me she cried hysterically because she thought no one else knew what was going on with epilepsy. Apparently, she had it. Her mom was in the class with us because she was afraid to be by herself in college. Wow. And so then what happened? So then I, I, I have a friend who's an artist, and I was talking with him, and I said, you know, I really think this story could do something. We, we should sit down and, and work this out. So my friend Rickman decided he would help me draw this, and we would go to conventions, um, comical conventions across the country, and we were giving out little black and white samples of it. Just that's all we could afford to print. So we made these copies, and we were giving them out. And we were in Baltimore, um, Comic-Con, and a lady from the Epilepsy Foundation of America stopped by our table. I was having lunch or breakfast with my, my, my girlfriend, came down. Uh, my Rick Man's like, hey, hey, you got to come down here. And I came down, and she asked me, she was talking about it, she goes, this is, this is really nice. Can we do something with this? I'm like, sure. And they invited me out to the fifth annual um, walk. So I came out in costume. And they printed out um, a number of these books for me, and we gave them out. So I sat next to Jeff Pope and uh, the Miss DC, and we were signing autographs and taking pictures with the, with the kids and whatnot. And it really made me feel good because my whole goal is just to get this out to people. I realize now that I saw you. Yes, we met at the Kids Speak Up the next day. Yes, the Kids Speak Up Conference. Correct. Yes, there. well, there you go. Look how long you've been doing such a good thing. Um, because I was the national chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. Correct. Yep. I, we, we met there. My girlfriend made me walk up to you because I didn't, I didn't know at first. I was just trying to get things done. And she actually made me walk up to you and we talked for a few minutes. And then I had that speech in front of the whole room in my Tote Man costume. Yeah, was that with the kids, right? Correct. The kids speak yes. up in Virginia the next day after the Epilepsy Foundation walk. Yeah, well, isn't that awesome? <laughs> I remember, I remember that, that, you know, there was a person there. Um, I, I'm sorry I didn't get to spend more time with you, but no there worries. was a person there, superhero. And now as you're saying all this, I'm thinking, I met Tote Man. You did. I met Tote Man. How about that? Okay, so here you are. You came up with this idea. Exactly what is Tote Man? Tote Man is just a, a, a character based on my life. And like I said, it was to explain to a young kid, preferably my son, what I was going through and what I dealt with. And then it just blew up to getting out to kids and people who see it. That's the problem. Is people who get it and, and see it and find it love it. But I'm trying to get more people to know about it because we have it for free download on our website. And we're starting a Kickstarter campaign tomorrow with trying to get it made in the comic book form and get it out to more people. That's, that's what Tote Man is. He's just there as a, a symbol to show you, you know, you are not alone. Even superheroes could have epilepsy. Yeah, and just so you all know, in this comic book, this is like a really cool-looking superhero. Sort of. Sort of like a uh, Batman-type look, sort of. 
Um, I mean, it's, you know, totally hard to describe. But just think of a superhero. You know, there are so many different types. And, you know, he's just really cool. I mean, it's something that would resonate with young people. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And you know what? You obviously have good writing skills that you could put this whole thing together. Thank you. So did you ever think you'd do this? I mean, did you ever imagine that you'd be doing a comic book with a superhero? No, it, not at all. It was a a joke and a thing for my 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 youngest son, my oldest son now, and my best friend in life, my brother, pushed me to do more and more with it. And then when Rick Man joined me, we we did we we spent our own money going out to different conventions. I've been to uh, New York, I've been to Baltimore, I've been to uh, San Diego. I just go to, to to promote this and show people. And then actually, a really nice turn of events is my oldest son is now big enough to wear the costume. So he goes with me so I can talk to the parents and the kids, and Tote Man is there not not being... He does his own thing, and he walks around. We've been to the epilepsy um, walk here in North Carolina, in Charlotte. They had me down. We We love going out and meeting the kids and doing this. This is what I like to do on the side. This is my project. What is your what, what do you do? What is your career? I am actually in IT. So you're uh, a software professional, an IT professional, but you also on the side volunteer all your time to do this project. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, that just is because I understand. I do. Because if you're living with epilepsy, you know, you know, you know what other people go through. You know what it's like because I always tell people even one seizure a year is too Mm -hmm. many. Yes. And I also tell people this is one thing. No matter where you live in the world, epilepsy is epilepsy. A seizure is a seizure. You know, that that's just the reality of the way it is in our, and you have to remember that because, you know, we have to care about our brothers and sisters everywhere in the world. And surely that is one thing that's the same everywhere. Hey, yeah. if you just joined us, what, what a great show today. What an interesting show with this man that is dedicating his life to help others living with epilepsy, and to make young people realize, as he said, you are not alone. We're going to go to break right now, but we'll be right back with John McLaren. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Highmark, we believe in the power of difference, of making a difference, of embracing difference, of bringing differences together to create a stronger, more vibrant workforce. It's at the heart of who we are, and it earned us recognition as one of the top 50 employers by Careers and the Disabled magazine. We promise to continue celebrating diverse individuals because inclusion benefits all of us and makes our company and our communities a better place. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. From the vehicles we drive to life-saving medical devices, high-performance materials from Bayer Material Science contribute to the creation of products that positively affect our lives every day. Bayer has long believed in the competitive talent that people with disabilities contribute to the workplace, to our workplace. Such a diverse workforce is essential to helping us fulfill our mission. Bayer, science for a better life. 
For more information, please visit materialscience.bayer.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. You know what? If you have a child, a nephew, someone you know living with epilepsy, you've got to tell them about this show. You've got to listen to it first so that you can tell them about this superhero with epilepsy and what he's doing to help others. You've got to do that because, you know, I know some young boys and girls that this would help so much. So make sure, make sure you tell everyone about it. So how do you do this? I mean, tell me everything you do with Tote Man to help young people. Do you go to different venues dressed, well, I guess it would be your son now, dressed as Tote Man, but when you go, do you also take these comic books? What do you do? Yes, we we um, have been through a lot of comic book conventions and epilepsy awareness events. The we we travel wherever we can, and we do. We bring Tote Man with us, whether it's myself or my son, and we have the books from the Epilepsy Foundation that they printed. We're running out, but we have what's left, and we give these out for free. There, that's the whole point of this. Is I never want to charge ever for this. I just want it to be free and available for anyone, anywhere. If people contact me and they want an actual hard copy of it instead of the download, I mail them out across the country, across the world. I just want people to have this in their hand and, and enjoy it. So we have, like I said, my, my friend Rick Mann, he's the one who drew this for me. But I have a lot of friends in the, in the, the comical community who donate their artwork to me. In this book, we have Neil Vokes, who used to do uh, Adventures for Adventures of Batman and Superman. We have Chris Caruso, who does a thing called Mini Marvels. We have Chris Moreno, who also he does a lot of independent books, and he actually did Toy Story uh, adaptations for um, the comic book companies. They're all good friends of mine, and they've donated their time and their art to help me make this book a little more full. And we have downloads on the website for you guys, for kids to color. I, and when I go to there, I bring little masks for the kids to wear of Tote Man. We have little paper dolls we make. I'm in the process of making a girl <clears throat> version of it for, for the girls to make, like the old paper dolls from when I was a kid that my sister used to play with. That's what we do. We go out. I, I make all the copies, I, except the books. I print everything out and drive to these conventions or fly to these conventions. Well, you know... What, then, are you going to do for funding? For what? Funding. Uh, funding. Yeah, that's, that's where it is. We're, we're, we're trying to find out. I'm not a nonprofit, so it's a little more difficult. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I did was next or tomorrow, we're going to actually start a Kickstarter campaign. A Kickstarter is a crowdfunding thing that helps pay for your, your thing. So the goal of Kickstarter is, you know, you, you, you give a little bit of money, you get a book, but you're also printing like six books for me to give away at conventions. The ultimate goal of this comic book was that I find a printer, I give them the, the, the file, and if people in California want to order a thousand books, they just call the printer and they order it. They pay for their copies and it goes. I never make a dime. I don't want anything for this. The only thing I want to do is get it out there to kids, the hospitals, to. I, and I moved from New Jersey. I was in there, and I'm down North Carolina. I was trying to get a meeting with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and I had moved before I got into that. So I'm just trying to get it to wherever I can. Like I said, the ultimate goal would be you want a copy or you want a 1,000 copies, you want 100 copies, you call the printer, you get it done, and I'm not involved with that. I don't have to worry about it. You get the copies, you do what you want with it, and give it out. We're also working on Spanish. I have it translated into Spanish already. We just need the time between Rick Mann doing his work and me. We just need time to sit down and put it into the comic book and then print those as well. So if Kickstarter goes well, 
we're going to print it in Spanish as well and get it out to anybody who wants it. I'll tell you why that is awesome. Many people in the Latino community, especially if they do not speak English, but they don't they don't know they don't get treated they they don't understand their doctor a lot of times um and I'm talking about uh communities poor communities you know this is really great you're doing that and that's why I want it free I don't want anyone to ever have to spend a dime to get it other than people who can't like a foundation can't afford to earmark so much money to print them out and give them out I don't want it ever sold because I've had that offer it hey, we'll do it and we'll sell it for you. No, that's not the point of this. The point is just to get it for free. Because even Greg Grunberg, he actually got a copy of our black and white years ago. In 2009, he got a copy of it and was all about it, was enjoying it, and wanted to put it up on his website. We just never got, he changed agents, so I couldn't get a hold of him to give him the new PDF so that he can put it on our site. Anybody wants to take it and put it on the site and have a free download, as long as there's no charge for it, I never have a problem with that. I want it out there for anyone to get and get to. See, what I'm wanting to figure out here is if a lot of people want this, how you could get this out to them. So if people, you know, if you're listening to the show, an idea I have is that, you know, if you would get in touch with uh, John, I mean, in your community, for example, you could have, uh, as you called it, a Kickstarter, some type of, event, you know, where everyone could make donations, yep. and that would help to get the printing taken care of. Correct. That's all I'm looking for is somebody to help me print these things and give them away. I, I, I have a big mouth, and I like to talk, and I like to get out there and talk to the kids and whatnot, but I just need people to know about it. You can't find it if you don't know about it. Right. That's right. You can't find it if you don't know. It's so true. So... um it's amazing to me you're doing this. If people want, I guess they wouldn't be buying the book. Could they make a donation? You know, if That's, they go to get your books, could they make a donation? They can. The, the problem is, like I said, I'm not a 501, so I, I can't do charity. But like I said, tomorrow we are doing the Kickstarter, and it basically what happens is people ask me for it off the website. I just mail them a copy or two or three. Or I've had people ask me, my kid wants to bring it to school, and I've mailed out 30 of them to an individual. I had a person in Florida who loves my book and takes it to her neurologist and takes it to her groups and whatnot, so I keep mailing her copies whenever she wants them. I have no problems with those. I'm just running out of copies from the Epilepsy Foundation, and, I mean, the shipping is no big deal for me. I, I love it. I, I'm the biggest geek when it comes to this. I, people want it, I'll get it to you. There is, like I said, there's a free download if you want to download it off the web and you can have the PDF version of it or, and you can print it out yourself. But most of the time people ask me and I just I send them copies. Well, that's great, though. They can get that PDF. I mean, that is awesome. They can do that. So what is this website? The easiest way to get to it is www.totman.net. Toteman.net, T-O-T-E dot net. T-O-T-E-M-A-N dot net. I'm sorry, T-O-T-E-M-A-N dot net, Toteman. And if someone be, would be interested in you speaking, is that also the way they get in touch with you? Yes, that is exact. There's also a page on my website, it says contact, and that's a little letter on the bottom. You fill out your information and I will contact you back. And I do that all myself. There's nobody else who does it but me. Well, as I said, you are a real champion. Anyone that takes time to help a young person with any situation, but in this case, living with epilepsy, is a champion to me. So that's why I'm saying what you're doing is a really great thing. And I want everyone listening to the show to know, and here's why. I have been doing, over the past several years, volunteer work with high school students with disabilities. And I cannot begin to tell you how brutally people are 
bullied, and just as John said, how they don't go to school, and sadly, how some have even committed suicide. So that's why things like this are needed. Anything that you can do to help a child, how much is that worth? You know, you can't put a price tag on it. You really cannot. And this is something that kids can relate to. I mean, kids can always relate to a cartoon character, a superhero. It's just something they can relate to. I'm wondering, what is the main age, you would say, that that is interested in this? I would say anywhere from 6 to 11. 6 to 11. That's what my comic book is designed for, yes. Wow. And and I bet they get really excited when they meet Tote Man. Yes, we have plenty of pictures on my Flickr and my website of the fans who come out and um, follow me or my son and just love it. It, it really is. Um, we actually had a, a fan from the Kubert School actually design a storyboard to make this into a cartoon. So if we ever get funding for it, I would love to make a cartoon downloadable and sent to schools and, you know, my my time period in the 80s, we had to sit through those boring um, hygiene lessons and stuff. This will be a fun little thing to get kids to know about epilepsy. And I think it would be a great tool between the elementary school and the junior high. And it's just a matter of, again, funding. And we have it all set up and ready to go. He's got to find an animator and a person who can help with that. So we're moving. We, we do lots of things. We, we're different things we're thinking of and how else can we get that word across? Well, here's one way you're getting it across, and that is because we're listening to John McLaren, Tote Man, a person living with epilepsy who is doing everything he can to reach out to young children living with epilepsy and make a difference. If you just joined, tell everyone. Tell other people. You can go back and listen to the show. And we'll be back to close the show with John. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Highmark, we believe in the power of difference, of making a difference, of embracing difference, of bringing differences together to create a stronger, more vibrant workforce. It's at the heart of who we are, and it earned us recognition as one of the top 50 employers by Careers and the Disabled magazine. We promise to continue celebrating diverse individuals because inclusion benefits all of us and makes our company and our communities a better place. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. From the vehicles we drive to life-saving medical devices, high-performance materials from Bayer Material Science contribute to the creation of products that positively affect our lives every day. Bayer has long believed in the competitive talent that people with disabilities contribute to the workplace, to our workplace. Such a diverse workforce is essential to helping us fulfill our mission. Bayer, science for a better life. For more information, please visit materialscience.bayer.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Spender. 
Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. You know, I always appreciate you great listeners. And you know why that is? Because you all care about quality of life for people living with disabilities. You care about freedom, which only comes when you have employment. You care about young people who are bullied, that they want to also be leaders in this country. And that is why I just love every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. Every time I meet someone that says, hey, I listen to your show, you know, it really means something to me. So thank you so much for everyone following this show. So, John, you know, obviously you just have done so much. You know, you're inspiring other people. You're helping people listening to the show right now. But, you know, you must have had a role model somewhere along the way to give you the inspiration to believe in yourself and to make a decision to give back. So who was that person? I have to say my father. He uh, did a lot before he passed away when I was young, and I've always tried to live up to what I know him to be and what he, what he showed me to be. And what was that? To be a stand-up person, to take care of your family, and to inspire others. He was a great scoutmaster, a great leader, and that's what, I was, that's what I'm trying to do with my life. And what did he do? What did he do for a living? He was a ship fitter. He worked in the Philadelphia Naval Yard, and uh, he, was, he, was an, he was a guy from the 30s. He, <laughs> he really was really part of that generation. He uh, family first, take care of the kids, take care of your family, take care of your loved ones. Um, but yeah, he was a, a it's, they were called shipfitters. He built naval ships and took care of them. Wow, my kind of person. You know that? My kind of person. Well, you know, he did a good job. He did a really good job, John. So you followed that lead. So, John, look at all you've accomplished. I mean, really, now one thing you accomplished was just learning to deal with this, but then after that, you decided to give back. But if you had to look back on everything you've done so far, what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Other than my two sons, Xavier and David, I would have to say that chance meeting in Baltimore that brought this comic further than anything else with the Epilepsy Foundation and inviting me to the walk and inviting me to talk to kids in Virginia before they went and talked to the the Senate and stuff, that was a big moment in my life. Well, that is, you know what? It was a bigger moment in their life. Just remember that. And you know what? You have a lot more you're going to accomplish. But for young people listening to the show or parents who are going to tell that 6-year-old or 11-year-old about Tote Man when they are being brutally bullied every day, what message does Tote Man have for them? As on the cover, you are not alone. We, we have all dealt with this, people who have epilepsy, people who take care of people with epilepsy. We, we can get through this as a group, as a supportive culture. We, we can do this, and they can see. I mean, yeah, I had it, and I dealt with it all through high school and not, but I have become a better person, a better advocate, and just a better, really a better person for it. Yeah, don't you always wonder what would have happened if you did not have epilepsy? Do you know what I mean? What type of person would you have been? Because I know that my accident that almost took my life and resulted in brain surgery I know people are not going to understand this, but, you know, if all of that had not happened to me, there would be no Bender Consulting. I would not have been the chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation or the American Association of People with Disabilities, but most importantly, have a company hiring people with disabilities working in 20 states, two provinces of Canada, being on the show for 12 years with one mission helping people with disabilities gain employment, helping people living with 
epilepsy get over the stigma. And that wouldn't have happened if that had not happened to me. So, you know, I can really relate to what you're talking about because that made the biggest difference in my life. I I agree entirely. Well, obviously, look what it did in your life. (laughs) I mean, it really is an awesome, awesome thing. And you know what you were saying? Isn't it amazing how we all meet people that then tell us about people? And that's how I met you. So it's always amazing, although I met you before, how you got on this show is by someone that told me what a great person you are. Right. You know, and told me to talk to you. It's always amazing how those things happen. So, John, if you had a special message that you wanted to leave with our listeners today, what would that be? Just that... um you can make it through this. You can do wonderful things. You can accomplish what you want if you just continue and you have support. Yes, just remember, one person with epilepsy, Tony Coelho, wrote the American author of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and from doing that, impacted the whole world. It is amazing what you can do if you want to, if you believe in yourself. And young people, anyone living with epilepsy, remember, I'm living with epilepsy and I'm not ashamed I'm living with epilepsy. John, one more time, what is that website if people want to download this comic book? www.totman.net All right. And, John, I want to thank you so much for not only being on the show, but more importantly for what you're doing to help young people. To me, that is just so important and so wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, we end every single show with a quote from someone that has impacted the lives of people in America, people throughout the world. And the quote today has to be Tony Quello, who says, Work gives us dignity. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.